Good morning, church. How are y'all this morning? Good? Perfect. We got a packed house. Um, so as the slide is saying, my name is Kevin, and I am the college pastor here at Antioch Community Church. And before anything else, uh, just, you know, I'm sure there's some people in here I've never seen before. So this is my family. I want y'all to see my beautiful wife, Hope, and we have twin daughters. So this is, I'm holding on my right is Maranatha Grace and then Rayma Truth on my left. And then my son, who's seven months old, is Banner Bright. He is a stud. He's amazing. He's also, he is my son. I know he looks very white with his red hair. I promise we didn't adopt him. He is part of us. So um, that's my family. And again, if, like as Christian said, if you haven't been with us this summer, um, we haven't been studying the book of Hebrews, but we've been pulling different passages and statements from the, uh, the book of Hebrews, so different let us statements. Uh, and so today I have the privilege of discussing let us lay aside also every hindrance or weight. Uh, so we'll be talking about that and we'll have some discussion questions. But yeah, as Christian said, that's been our hope and our heart is that as we go through these let us statements that we would feel together. Uh, and even just a small testimony I wanted to share. I, I was actually at Century Square. I hope it's okay I'm sharing this. But uh, I was walking by and I saw one of our college students, Adriana, who's in the back, and one of our amazing, mighty women of God, Bobby Moore. Where are you? Here you are, right in front of me. And as I was walking, I, it was about 10 a.m. or so, and I saw them having brunch at Sweet Petty. And anyway, I just said, oh, how are y'all doing? And they just told me that Adriana's first Sunday here, she sat at these tables, met Bobby Moore, and then they are here, or they were there getting brunch. And I just was so like ecstatic and excited because I was like, this is what we've been wanting. Uh, we recognize as a church, we haven't done the best at getting us connected multi-generationally, uh, but I hope you've been feeling that. And that's like one of the things we've been wanting to do is create an environment to where you would be with people that you normally wouldn't get to connect with, uh, but then even it would produce uh, relationships with those people at your table. So it's possible, it's okay, even if you're an introvert or an extrovert, to just, hey, do you want to go get some coffee or get, you can get brunch at Sweet Paris, it's okay. Uh, but then also with that, we just want to make sure that we, we are uh, not just being a people that are about consumerism. We don't want to just consume content. So I'm going to try my best to stay about 15 minutes of teaching so then really it would give you guys the space and time to connect with one another, to talk about these questions we have. Uh, so if I talk pretty fast, uh, it's not so much I'm nervous. I want to make sure that I'm communicating everything that I feel like God has put on my heart to share with you this morning. It wasn't even until last night. And I feel like what the testimonies they shared have like in line with what I feel like God wanted us for this morning. And it's not just y'all, but it's for myself included. Uh, so I want to as best as possible, as succinct as possible, but as clear as possible, share uh, what he had put on my heart from the passage that um, I got to study. So if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to be in Hebrews. And I have been tasked with Hebrews 12.1. And, and more specifically, I'd say it's 12.1, I guess, B. But I'll go ahead and read all of 12.1, and then I'll, we'll, we'll highlight kind of the passage I'll be on. So it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we'll be focusing in on the let us also lay aside every weight or some passage will say hindrance and sin which clings so closely. So if y'all would, I'm gonna pray for us this morning. But Father God, I just, I thank you so much 
for every individual in this room. I thank you that you have brought us here to not just uh, become more together and close with one another as a body, but Lord, that you have drawn us in today to be closer to you. And Lord, that you desire every single heart and every single person in this room. And so Lord, would you just help me, Lord, speak your words that you have just revealed to me, the words that you have wanted me to share to us this morning, that we'd feel more encouraged, but more alive in you uh, and more thankful for the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so like I said, normally, uh, specifically, if I ever saw you know, the words, therefore, I would love to go back and give more context to what the previous passage would say. But for the sake of time, I'm tasking that for y'all. You go read Hebrews 11. You go be encouraged of what follows into Hebrews 12. But Hebrews 11 is great because if it, you know, when it talks about being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it's pretty much by faith statements. So they go through, I mean, from Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Barak, Samson. I mean, all these people, you just go, through account after account of the faithfulness of these men and women of God. And so that's like the stage it sets, even through persecution, but even most importantly for them, not seeing the promises fulfilled, remained faithful to what God had for them. So that's all I'm going to say for therefore. So you can't tell me I didn't cover it, but you go and do that on your own. So as we get into not just the surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I thought it was really interesting because some of the passages would say, let us lay aside every hindrance. And of course, as I am, with limited and low academic uh, college in my mind, uh, I had to just look up, okay, what really is hindrance? Let's like unpack that a little bit. And as a noun, uh, it does say a thing that provides resistance, delay, or obstruction to something or someone. And what I thought was so interesting is even as I read it, you know, it's, it's, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin. So in my mind, it's okay, these are two distinct things we're talking about. And when I think of a hindrance, uh, honestly, it wasn't just sin that I have done or, or have been in my life, but I was like, man, I think that of, of, it could be food, it could be sleep, it could be money. Uh, there could be hindrances in my life that, if you've ever heard that phrase, too much of a good thing can also be a bad thing. And I feel like, I mean, I've seen that in my own life. I would not say that money in itself is evil, but if it has gripped your heart, if it's your idol, if it's things that that's why it's what's driving you and your purpose, I would say that is a hindrance in your life of what God has for you ultimately. Yes, we're supposed to be good stewards, and, and I believe even multiply what God's given us, but it can become, I believe, a hindrance. I believe sleep. As much as I love sleep, even with three little children, uh, it can in a way be a hindrance into my pursuit of God and my pursuit of my wife. If I just chose to sleep and be lazy and apathetic all day, that would be a problem. And so I'd say if you're sleeping, you know, probably 12 to 15 hours a night and you have a lot of responsibilities, you might want to see if sleep is a hindrance for you. Just saying, hey, you take that to the Lord. And so really, that's the first thing I want to say is like, hey, this, this is kind of what I'm hoping to unpack is, okay, there, there may be some hindrances in our lives that God is just wanting to free us from. It doesn't mean they're not good in nature and that he hasn't given them to us. But I would hope as, as the people of God uh, is that we would be able to present them to him and say, hey, this is a great thing. How, how is it? Is it ruling my life or am I able to manage it and steward it with him in the ways that God has allowed us? Now, of course, there's also sin. I don't think that I really need to uh, define that for us this morning, but there, I believe anything that is separating us from God, because if we remember God is holy, uh, and that's a passage we'll read later as we too are called to be holy as he is holy. But sin just keeps us from God. It keeps us from one another, right? If we chose to, to lie to one another, that creates a separation even between our relationships that God's given us in our lives. 
And so that's something that, you know, as I was thinking about even in my own life, the Lord um, reminded me of uh, this like picture he had given me when I was a freshman in college. So I moved here when I was 17 years old. I was working at a bank at this time. And I just remember a lot of my friends were going back home uh, during Christmas break as they do, just like in the summer. But we are glad, college students, that you guys are back this Sunday. There's a lot of you back. And I just remember now when I say like this picture, I actually try to look up and Google one. Um, I, this wasn't like an open vision or like something I saw in the natural, but I just like in this, in my mind's eye, I felt like the Lord revealed this picture to me. Do we have that? Did it work? Maybe. Oh, there it is. Okay. I don't know where this is from. I just Googled big door. So, but, but I saw this, this, I remember as a freshman, 17 years old, I had known God. So I'm going to give you a quick recap of my life, but I grew up in the church, uh, knew a lot of things about God, but did not know God personally. Uh, when I say that, like I wasn't reading my Bible, wasn't really praying. I may pray before food just because I was like, I guess that's what you're supposed to do culturally. Uh, but I say that like even growing up within the church and going to private school in my life really did not like know God personally. And that's why I'll get back to a lot of those testimonies shared this morning. I think it's so true that we can have such an intimate and personal relationship with God outside of the person on stage, outside of your parents or your grandparents, which I'm grateful for that as we've seen like the, the men and women of faith. I believe that's something we should not take for granted either. But we too, as like men and women, as his children can have that personal relationship. And so I knew none of that growing up. Uh, if someone said, you know, hey, let's go have a quiet time or spend time with God. I literally thought that meant like you sit in silence. Like almost like timeout, like this holy timeout. Like if someone's like, hey, let's go have a quiet time. I was like, great, let me just. And like, I'm not doing anything spiritual. I just was sitting. Now, you know, I guess some people would say meditating and all that, but I did not take it as that. And so I just remember though, I'm, I'm sitting in my campus village, three-story townhome by myself. I had just got done with work at a bank and I would just put on worship music. Again, I just knew that's something I would do. But I just remember I started getting this picture of this door and I didn't get any context for this picture of this door, but I remember seeing so vividly were these like locks on this door. And, and I will say just, you know, not proudly, but, but I share bluntly is that at that point in my life, a few or a couple of the main sins that had gripped me at that point at 17 years old was porn and masturbation. I mean, it was, I would not have told you it was an addiction. Uh, I would have told you it was manageable, uh, but that is a complete lie. Uh, it really had just gripped my life, plagued me for years daily. And I just didn't even understand the concept of like having freedom in God. But that, among many other things, like, not, like I'm telling you, I, I used to underage drink, all sorts of stuff I could go, the list would go on. That would take up my 15 minutes. It's just sharing you with my, the sin I had in my life. But I remember seeing this door and these locks were on this, this door. And I remember some of them were like porn, masturbation, lying, other things. And I was like, okay, well, I want to get rid of those, <laughs> but I don't know how. And I, I just knew, like, I don't know what's on the other side of the door, but I know whatever these locks are on this door need to come off. And I don't know how. And I'm telling you, it wasn't this crazy spiritual moment. I just remember being like, okay, Lord, if you exist, I didn't have a Bible open. There was just music playing in the background. But I said, I don't want these anymore. I, I would like to tell you, I was like flooded with scriptures and heard the voice of God. No, it just was, I, I believe these are a hindrance. Some of those, most of those were sin, but I believe there was also hindrances. Right? My devices, I believe were a hindrance for me because it was giving me access to something. And so there was these mixture of hindrance and sin in my life that were creating these locks. And I'll tell you, I mean, this is a story I'd love to share, but it just essentially, my life from that moment was, I need to get all these locks off as fast and as quick as possible because I want to experience what's on the other side. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, Lord, take it. 
I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to, to make. I, I just was like, I don't want that lock. And I'll tell you, the hard thing at that moment I learned, it wasn't just these massive locks that were so clear to me, like porn or masturbation or anything like that. I started to see, as he started to rid these locks, there was tinier locks <laughs> and things like, hey, you actually, when you, you tell those lies, that also is a lock and a hindrance. When you manipulate people, that is also not of my heart. And so I just started to see like, wow, it's not just these big sins I felt like in my life. There's so many things that he's wanting to rid me from. And it just took, I mean, days and weeks and years to say, Lord, I don't want anything of that. And now don't hear me. It doesn't mean that God cannot reach you and pursue you because if you have sin in your life, that's not what I'm saying. I believe he was communicating something to me was you have claimed to be a follower of me, yet you are continually filling your life with things that are not of me. That's a whole other talk I'd love to give, but it doesn't mean God is not like capable of meeting you or reaching you because you think you have this sin or you do have this sin in your life that may feel like a hindrance. It just means you're not walking in what I believe God has for you as a, as a created son or daughter in his image. And I was missing my inheritance, but also my identity in him as a son. So that set me off on this journey of saying, Lord, I don't want these locks. I don't want this sin in my life. And I can tell you from that moment, 17 years old, I had no longer touched porn and masturbation in my life. I don't say that to you boastfully of how strong I am or how great of a Christian I am. I believe I said, I don't want those things. And he took them from me and did not, I never asked to have them back. I said, I want to continue to pursue the things of God and fill my mind and heart with what his truth says, which we'll get to. I'm going to do a like truth and identity bomb because I have like three minutes to communicate everything I'm trying to communicate. So I'm just going to go ahead and read some passages. I don't know if I sent these to y'all, but, but that was part of like, as I was reading this passage, I just couldn't help but be reminded of what God has been doing in my life since I was 17 years old. I'm so grateful my parents put me in private school, put me in a Christian school, put me in church Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm, I'm thankful for it, but it wasn't until I encountered the person of Jesus that I realized, look, if I don't have the gospel and produce transformation in my life, I'm just gonna say it. I believe there's some perversion there. I'm not speaking about your life. You guys may have it all figured out. I did not. But, but I did not allow the gospel to produce transformation in my life, which I then believe I was cheapening what Jesus had done on the cross. So there were some truth identity bombs I wanted to throw. Because Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews does a great job of doing old and new, I at least had to do one old and new. But in Leviticus 11.45, it says that you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. That's not just Old Testament. In 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, it says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. I was reminded of Colossians 3. There's verses 1, 5, 12, and 14. He states how, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you and put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And above all these, put on love. In Ephesians 6.10, I love it, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's, again, a testament of my own relationship with Jesus. It wasn't the strength and might of my own, but he does call me to be strong. I was like, okay, I can be strong in the Lord, but in the strength of his might. And of course, I couldn't help but finish I wish I could read so much more, but just Romans 6, of just speaking of what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. 
How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism to death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, I'm gonna say that one more time, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free sorry, from sin. I mean, I could keep going, but I just want us to hear this morning that these truths are what I believe catalyzed my life in Jesus. I'm thankful for the conferences. I'm thankful for Sunday gatherings, but it was meeting the person of Jesus and saying, I am not living as Christ has called me to live. There is an inheritance and a gift we have all each been given. And I know there even may be some of you in here that have not given your life to Jesus. I recognize that. But I hope you hear that the truth that I'm reading about, these are from different books of the Bible, and it reigns throughout systematically the same truth, that God sent his son in his love to take on death and sin and every hindrance that could come up in this world, even from his time to our time, to become closer to the Father. He not just died on the cross for you. That wasn't just some good movie that we see or some good show. It was reality to draw us into the Father, but then to be set free from our own sin and bondage in the flesh and to come alive in the Spirit. And that was my hope this morning, that as we have read, not just Roman, or sorry, uh, Hebrews 12, that we'd see other passages that he claims us as sons and daughters to live for him, to live in the spirit. I, I, I mean, there's so many scriptures I was flooded with, even up to last night. And I was like, God, I, I just can't. And, and he's right. In the flesh, I cannot communicate everything on his heart. But my hope this morning, as I just present a picture of the gospel and what Jesus did for you, that I'll have a couple questions, and then we're going to go into ministry time. And I'm praying that even in this short time, as we all go back into our lives, as we leave these doors, that you would take something from God and say, what is it in my life that I can walk away from but grow in and understand more of who God says you are? Not who I'm saying. Everything I'm reading is scripture. This isn't my ideas. I'm not just trying to encourage you or give you a motivational speech. I'm trying to read the word of God so that you hear he sees you as perfect and beloved and as holy and as set apart. I did not understand that for too many years of my life. And that is my prayer for my children is that they would know not just what mommy and daddy have to say, but as father God, creator of the universe, sees them and has created them in the image of him to live a life so much freer than my wife and I lived. I am much more freer today than I was yesterday or even 10 years ago. And I'm going to continue to pursue the things of God, not because I'm a pastor now at a church. I could quit tomorrow. It would not change the conviction of the word of God on my life to live as he had created me to live, which was free. You don't enjoy life as well when you're in bondage. And I just was in bondage for too long. And the enemy knows that I will never go back to that. Not boastfully, but in his might and in his strength. You know, I, I know I spoke fast and I know I read different passages, but I just wanted to read the beginning of Hebrews 12 again and then just pray us into worship. 
It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I hope you feel that even in this room, that you are surrounded by such amazing men and women of God. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. I hope you see that that's not just an act for a Sunday morning, uh, but for an everyday. That we can, with the Spirit of God, but by the Word of God and, and with community, we can continually lay aside the things that God wants us to lay aside. And it says that let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is my favorite part, but looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If y'all would just please stand with me this morning. If you don't remember anything, my hope is that you would just remember that, that we, in each and every one of our races and journeys with God and in this world, uh, we can just look to Jesus. And that's how we want to end our time, uh, is looking to Jesus, the, the founder and perfecter of our faith, the one that created you in your mother's womb long before you even knew what your life would look like and, and what the enemy and what the world would try to claim you to look like or claim you to be, God has set you uh, on a trajectory to know him more personally, more deeply, more intimately, uh, but to be more free today than you were even before you walked in here. Again, this isn't like a performance thing, but, but I was reminded of that passage, I believe from like Romans 10, 9 and 10, of just like confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, but believing in our heart. This wasn't just like an actionable to do kind of morning. But my hope and even like confessing that Jesus is Lord, there's an action, but there was also a belief in our heart that he is Lord. And I believe that's part of this morning is like, hey, let's lay us out weight, but also are we believing on who God says that we are this morning? as a son, as a daughter, as a child of God, uh, there's so much truth in this Bible, I could barely even scratch the surface this morning. But I hope it also encouraged you that, hey, what were some of those passages? I'll share it with you, but just get time with God and be renewed in your mind on how he views you this morning. And I promise you, as you continue to fill your life and mind and heart with the truths of God and the identity is how he sees you, that will put you on a trajectory of freedom that you cannot try to manifest on yourself or try to work harder to be more free. It will not happen. I don't know if you've been told that. I was told that too much, that A, either I just have to work harder or B, it's just impossible. And that's the other sad lie, is it's impossible to be set free from our sin. I'm not saying you won't be tempted. I'm not saying you won't stumble and trip and fall, but I'm saying he will not only restore you as you get back up, but you don't have to let that drive you and condemn you and trap you in what God doesn't say that you are. You're not just like this sinner saved by grace. He, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were set free and you're no longer a sinner in Jesus. You're actually a saint who's been set free to become more like Jesus each and every day. And so if there's some of you that, that I shared that gospel of he like took on your sins and you're like, I don't really know how I feel about that. Share with someone at your table, come find myself or another pastor, but we want to celebrate you saying, hey, I might've known this thing about God, but I didn't allow his word to produce change or transformation in my life. And you want that this morning that has been made available to you this morning. So I just wanna pray again that we end this time. I don't know if it felt heavy for you, but I feel lighter even as I just got to hear you guys praying and talking because I believe the Lord is starting to strip off the things that we are laying aside. So Father God, I just thank you for this morning.
Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are alive, that your word is active. And God, I just pray for the hearts of the men and women in this room, that this isn't just this momentary thing, but it's like not just this momentary act, but even when I think of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit filling the room, it set them on a trajectory to getting the Bible and the word of God to the ends of the earth. And so Lord, would you ignite hearts in here this morning, but not just for an outward focus and for the missions, although we want to be mission focused people, but would you set our hearts ablaze for our identities in you as sons and daughters? Lord, I believe that there are people in this room that will come more alive in who you have claimed them to be by the word of God. And so, Lord, I just say, would we continue to lay aside every hindrance, every way and every sin that as we have allowed to cling so close as you have set me free in my own personal life. I thank you for the sins that you have casted aside, not by my own might, but by the power of the spirit. So Lord, we look to you this morning, Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, and we worship you with excitement. We worship you with, with a heart that is just so enthralled by your kingdom. So we glorify you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.